Welcome to the Mental Health Boot Camp Podcast, everyone. We are back after a week off of relaxation and vacationing. Isn't that right, you guys? Yeah. What were you guys doing? What, what was everyone off doing in this uh, pandemic summer for fun? Uh, well, us up here in British Columbia, Canada, we just had a long weekend, so BC Day. Um, and so, well, I know Chris and I were away with our family for the weekend at our lake house. Tell me about BC Day. Is that the day that uh, BC declared its independence against the rest of Canada? Chris, you can tell him. <laughs> yeah, not, not quite, not quite. Um, I guess not every celebration is uh, marked on independence there, Ron. But, uh, I think it's a American a, thing, I guess. <laughs> just a celebration of, uh, I guess, our province. I don't know how much depth there is to it. Like the holiday and it seemed like a good time for it. I think it's very worthwhile. That is a beautiful, beautiful place you guys live. So you got away and got into the into the wilderness, got to see some of your, your beautiful province and enjoy the summertime up there. Yeah, so uh about three and a half hours away. We have this this cabin and so oh. lots of kayaking and swimming and weather is quite hot. Um but uh Really nice pace today. Play some pickleball in the morning with some neighbors down the way. Oh. Can you describe what pickleball is? Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure people know what pickleball is, isn't it? Uh, it's Did like you a, know what pickleball was? I heard about it <laughs> prior. It's the, isn't it the fastest growing game in North America? It's a real it hit. is. There are pickleball courts all around down here, actually. Yeah, it's a, it's a real hit with the baby, the baby boomers there. So. Yeah. I think I pulled my groin playing it, so that wasn't the best, but uh, it was a fantastic time. But as Joanna mentioned, lots of quality time with the family and um, a really nice laid back pace. Uh, a little bit of trivia, courtesy of my son who learned pickleball in his PE class last year, that the, the term pickleball actually came from the, the family who made it. Uh, their dog Pickles used to be uh, as they were playing this this kind of table tennis thing on the on the court there um you know the dog would chase after the ball and so the dog pickles became the name of the game pickleball isn't that interesting that's, amazing. that's great joanna did you know that you know like smiling and well you know what um our mom actually shared that fun fact with us i think this past weekend i don't know if chris was there but i remember hearing about it very random it has nothing to do with the that ball, you know, the sport itself, just about the family dog, which I think is kind of fun. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. And of uh, family dogs, I think Ryan, our last uh, podcast, he has some big news for us. Yes. My family did acquire a new family dog, a beautiful Labradoodle named Lexi. Nine weeks old and 15 pounds of pure love. What a wonderful, joyous thing that this uh, dog is to our household. That's awesome. Yes. And, and I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, puppies don't like to sleep at night. So there's that too. Oh, I, I remember when there was two puppies at the same time. Yeah. Oh, it's fun, isn't it? Oh, boy. Yes. And so then as the puppy owner, of course, no sleep. So this has been kind of a surreal uh, sort of week for me. <laughs> so, so are you like delirious right now are you I'm delirious yeah a little sleep deprived okay but uh you know ambush, then. <laughs> yeah. you get time for the ambush right of course no 
we're loving the puppy, having a lot of fun. Um, looking forward to training her and loving her and just uh, making her part of the family. It's been a lot of fun. So very happy to join the ranks of dog owners, for sure. So I guess, uh, I guess we should get down to business here. We, uh, we got some, some making up to do. We weren't here last week. Our, our listening public is just hungry to hear what the Mental Health Bootcamp podcast has to say to share what wisdom we have to drop. So <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's the ambush that we have for us tonight? And who's, who's giving the ambush, by the way? Uh, that would be me, Joanna. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. Does anyone else feel like they're on like family feud or something right now? Like like you're kind of like on edge, ready to pounce. Like somebody's gonna like ask you a question, and you have to be on your game and think creative in a creative manner. Like that's how yeah, I'm like, feeling right now. Like, is there a button? You might get hit with some like acceptance versus forgiveness or something. <laughs> oh, this this is you know this is pretty intense. So we're we're All just right. okay. Just that it, Joe? It is on its way. Okay, Canada to the States, and here we are. All right, here it is. All right, everyone, the ambush, ready? Stress, stress, stress. What happens when you get stressed? What are your go-to ways of de-stressing? And a follow-up question, what daily or weekly rituals or routines are important for you when it comes to maintaining your mental health? Oh, boy. And then any tips for those who those whose usual routines have been sidelined because of COVID, like job loss, kids doing school or work at home or uh, managing kids at home and having less free time. So, wow, we've got a big old stress topic here tonight, everybody. Let's dive in. What happens when you get stressed? So how do you know when, you, when you're stressed? Like what happens to you when you're stressed, whether mentally, physically? Okay, just checking. Not like academic answers. Well, oh, I can We're keep... go ahead. Yeah. yeah, no, go ahead. I'm just going to say for me, I think I notice stress um, physiologically in a lot of ways. I notice stress when I, um, it, it, if I'm pretty stressed, I'll have a difficult time sleeping. I'll notice that uh, I, I usually, some people eat more, some people eat less. I actually eat less when I'm stressed out. Um, I, uh, I just don't have the appetite. I'm kind of, uh, you know, I'm preoccupied with whatever it is that I have to have to get done. Um, and I just, I have my thoughts kind of race with all the things. I'm always kind of planning to do lists and trying to figure out, okay, what has to happen next? What am I going to have to do? Uh, and I, there's a bit of anxiety that goes along with it as well. I think stress and anxiety are pretty closely uh, wound together. And I, I tend to feel a little anxious of, can I get it done in the, in the amount of time I have? Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's, um, the heartbeat speeds up a bit. The breathing kind of shallow. Sometimes I catch myself not breathing at all. Um, yeah, just tension in various parts of the body. And I think for me too, my mind starts to race a bit, uh, having a hard time focusing on what's going on in the moment, kind of getting flooded by various thoughts or or things that uh, I need to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So similar. Yeah. Uh, preoccupation with whatever it is, the stressful thing, the problem at hand or the emotion that's happening, very visceral for me, typically. Um, so I feel a lot in the body and it can come quite quickly. I feel like when it's a moderate level of stress, like kind of low, moderate, and it simmers, then I can manage it 
quite a bit better, but if there's like a spike of stress then I'll have a, a spike of visceral. So um, might get tearful or just kind of shut down, difficulty concentrating or focusing, uh, eating gets thrown off, sleep might get thrown off. My sleep is typically pretty good, which I'm lucky for. When I was younger, I used to get cold sores when I was stressed out. And I still get cold sores, but now they're like literally related to the cold or wind or like weather patterns. Hmm. Yeah, so strong physiological ones. Not wanting to do the things that you know are good for you. Like, so that kind of happens for me with stress. Like not wanting to work out as much or accomplish things or do things that I know will make me feel good. There might need to be a few days of just not doing anything before I can really do those things. Um, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Joanna? Um, gosh, and I know stress can range so much in terms of having a little bit of stress to major stresses. Um, for me, I notice myself, uh, it depends. And I know Chris has, as a loving brother, has called me out sometimes when I, I can get irritable when I get stressed. Um, I might be a little bit more short with people or I might be a bit quick to jump at people. Um, you know, that's not all the time, but I, I definitely notice that happens. So I think I just want to normalize that a little bit. Um, I tend to even prepping for thinking about a topic or leading up to this podcast today. Um, yeah, I just had a friend over and then I just needed to be by myself. I found I was kind of getting a little bit worked up. And so I was just like, I just need solo time and not to have anyone around. So that's something I definitely notice when I get stressed. I just want to kind of be by myself. So that's a big sign for me. Um, and like Brooke said a little bit, I sometimes tend to avoid the thing. <laughs> if things pile up for me, um, I'm a big procrastinator. And so especially that kind of is a big uh, thing that happens for me when I get stressed. Oh, Joe, I'm sorry to hear that this, that this ambush was stressing you out. That's you know what? Just a tiny bit. And it, it wasn't too much. I think I just kind of changed my topic, uh, at the last minute. Um, and so, yeah, it wasn't too much. It wasn't like, it was a very minor, but then I just found, I kind of took time by myself and was able to focus and just things around me, noises and stuff and distractions were extra, uh, I was extra sensitive to it. So I think that happens to me as well in stressful situations. Joe, you mentioned a little bit about the, the kind of interpersonal uh, ramifications of stress, mm -hmm. right? It makes you kind of withdraw, makes you kind of want to pull away. Does anyone else feel anything happen relationally when you're feeling stressed out like I, I can get irritable I can become like a little short little snippy sometimes with even the ones I love if I'm feeling particularly stressed out yeah that's yeah. just because I'm American I don't know you know I think um it's important to distinguish too that stress often has a negative connotation but there's I don't know if you guys have um have heard these types of categories, but you stress versus distress. So that's how you interpret the stress, right? So I used to organize parties and fundraisers and stuff. And I was definitely in a stress state, but obviously it's more of a you stress state where my body was escalated in like the way that I described before, but I would interpret that as more of a positive type of energy with my body, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas distress, um, if I have a lot of, a lot of things on the go, then, um, you know, I may interpret that as more of a, a negative type of situation or state, right? Mm -hmm. Well, sure. I mean, stress can be, is meant as a motivating factor. So if you, everything was taken care of, you would actually be very unmotivated. There would be no reason to do anything. 
but it's the stress that generates the motivation. So even when you're looking at stress levels and performance, then it's the bell-shaped curve, right? And then you want to be right in the sweet spot of the curve. So if you're a student and you have an exam, you, you need stress to actually perform at your best. If you don't have enough, you underperform. And if you have too much, you underperform. So you kind of have to find athletes as well. So you have to find that sweet spot for sure. But yes, also, Ryan, I do get irritable with family and friends and the dogs barking are more irritating or small, yeah. small hiccups feel like a really big deal all of a sudden. So everything like there's a spotlight on everything. And if it's not done properly, then I'm going to be very irritated at it. Yeah. So less tolerant, less patient, uh, less resilient to hiccups, daily hiccups, those sorts of things. Uh, just to piggyback on that for a second, I love what you guys are talking about with eustress and, and all of that. Maybe something for people to listen to if they're interested in more of that is Kelly McGonigal's work. She wrote a book called The Upside of Stress and has a great TED talk on stress and how really one of the most negative, one of the most harmful parts of stress is if you view it as harmful. If, if you're looking at stress as something that's actually uh, like like a challenge, like a like a hill to climb, you know, some something to conquer. Then it's actually beneficial for you. But if you're viewing it as something that's that's really harmful for you, then it it is. Interestingly yeah. enough, I think it's called uh, "How to Make Stress Your Friend" and a fantastic TED talk. Yeah, and it's crazy. If you if if you interpret it as bad for you, it really does have some negative physical consequences, right? That's right. Yeah, for sure. So, so to the second point here, which is what are your ways, what are your go-to ways of de-stressing? How do you actually go about de-stressing? Anyone? Well, well I guess for me, it's uh, awareness is always first, like just realizing that I'm stressed. Because um, sometimes you're, you're so caught up in it that you don't realize that your body is very escalated. Um, so physiologically, or, you know, your body is quite worked up. So for me, it's uh, first off recognizing it and then choosing to do something to calm myself down. So when I feel stressed, as I mentioned, some of my mind is racing a bit. So it's tough to jump in there and try to shift those thoughts without calming the body first. So I uh, once took like a seven hour course on breathing. It's probably one of the more boring things I've ever done. And uh, you know, five in, five seconds in or six seconds in, six seconds out um, can, Again, calm the body down, slows down the heart rate, sends signals up to your brain that things are okay. And then I'll try to maybe shift my mind after that. Uh, a boring course, but I hope it was beneficial, right? <laughs> Surely beneficial. It's amazing um, how beneficial breathing is. And I think that's a whole other topic for, uh, for our podcast here. But yeah. Very nice. Brooke, yeah. what do you have to yeah, go ahead, Brooke. Okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a proponent of do what feels right. And so I typically, like awareness, number one, you have to be aware that you're feeling something, stress or pressure or tension or whatever it is. Um, and I think, it, like for me, I have to kind of evaluate what I need in that moment. So if I need to feel the feels, I'll feel the feels and honor it and sit with it. So recently I've had like a big stress, which I'm not gonna go into, but I had to feel the feels for a few days and 
sit with it and during that time completely unmotivated nothing got done and i'm a very action oriented like to keep busy kind of person but there comes a time after you know a day or two once the feels have been felt to say okay now now you got to do something and then it's for me i like to tease out the problem versus the emotion so sure there's um there's a reason why the stress is happening but I like to focus on managing the stress rather than focusing on the problem, if that makes any sense. So the problem could be whatever it is. But so recently, how I managed it after I felt the feels is I did things that I enjoy, which I enjoy doing wonky things. So I washed my car and I mowed the lawn and I went grocery shopping and made sure I ate a lot of vegetables and I had made sure I read in the sun. And I drank a lot of water and um, connected socially with friends. So some of those things aren't so wonky, more so mowing the lawn, washing the car. But, um, but good I examples. Like, it just shows that yeah, but people that, that, like would have solved the problem, like why the stress was happening. It was literally just to manage the stress. So I like to focus on the emotion itself and manage the emotion rather than getting fixated on solving the problem. Hmm. Interesting stuff. For me, I would say that my, my, my natural tendency when I'm very stressed is to curl up in a ball and just do nothing. And that's what, that's my, that's what I would want to do. That's where yeah, like, me too, gravity, right? gravity pulls me towards that. Like just being in a ball on the couch and not going anywhere. Um, but I've learned through many years that that doesn't actually help. <laughs> so, so what I have to push myself to do is express. And for me, expressing comes in the form of either physical exercise, going through, going for a good run or a walk or something that's going to be kind of vigorous for me to let something out. Um, uh, talking it out with a friend or a therapist or, you know, some trusted loved one that I can really just kind of lay it all out there. And I might just have to say, hey, look, I'm not looking for a solution. I just need to vent. So let me just talk, blah, blah, blah for a few minutes. You know, let me let it out throw it out there for, for a little while. Um, I've also been kind of a longtime journaler. So I like to, to write things out as well. I like to, uh, to put words on paper that helps me to express and it also helps me problem solve sometimes. I mean, sometimes I'm not even, I'm not even planning on problem solving, but as I write something out, I realize, oh, I'm actually figuring this out. Maybe I have a little direction here to, to find a solution. And uh, I'm also, in favor of, of artistic expression to express things. So you guys already noted that I have a guitar back here. I might play some angry guitar or some you know, sad guitar or whatever it might be. And that really for me helps, helps me to, to get something out, get something that's in, inside of me, out of me for, for a while and brings a lot of relief. Hmm. My expression. Yeah, for me, I think, um... There's a little bit of it. I, I think there's, I like Brooke's kind of differences with uh, focusing on the problem versus just dealing with the emotion at hand. I think if I'm dealing with the emotion at hand, I personally, um, if I'm feeling stressful, I just need to be low key. So that could be um, just kind of distracting myself or maybe watching something on Netflix um, or just being on my phone for a little bit. Um, it could be getting outside in nature or just around the block. If I'm not able to get into the woods at all, that's a big thing for me for de-stressing. Like nature is very calming, um, as it is for many people. Um, and there could be the time 
after having more time for myself is to reach out to a friend, uh, like you mentioned, Ryan, in terms of just being able to chat about it. And then there are the times where focusing on the actual problem does help me a little, whereas trying to have a bit of a plan, but it's just more the follow through for me, but that's a whole other topic. But uh, having some kind of action steps helps me grasp it and make it seem less scary and a little bit smaller. Um, that sometimes helps me out quite a bit. Yeah, I totally agree that you, yeah, eventually you need to go back to the problem. For sure. Have those steps to make it more tangible. Mm -hmm. Step one, I think we're all kind of in the same boat. you got to manage the emotion before you can really take a look at the problem and, and see it for what it is, like to gain perspective on the problem. Yeah. And it's not as scary, but if, if you're trying to gain perspective in a stressed or anxious state, then it's going to be really, really hard to do. And that's a good point because I think some people, if they're not being aware of their stress or they're letting it kind of simmer, it does come out in different ways, right? Whether um, anger or it just they're further burnout, really, if they're not really acknowledging and trying to help themselves through it. Yeah, but also in the short term too, like Brooke talked about that bell curve. You know, you get into that uh, sweet spot there, but if your if your body's too escalated, the energy in your brain flows away from where it needs to be, mm -hmm. away from the the top part of the neocortex where all that knowledge and logic and rationality is down to more of the limbic areas where you're more likely to fix, uh, fixate and ruminate and um, kind of be stuck, right? So it's kind of tough to, I feel, jump in the problem solving if your body is still quite escalated or worked up, right? So kind of the calm the body, shift the mind type of mentality tends to work quite well. So are we seeing a pattern here where it's acceptance and then calming the emotion and then problem solving? That's sort of the... You have to forgive yourself for the... <laughs> awareness. Like... Always awareness, right? So awareness. People, to Joanna's point, don't know they're stressed. Yeah. And they're shocked by them. They're, they go see their doctors and say, hey, I think you're stressed. Like, no, not me. And then they realize it. Like, wait a minute, maybe I am stressed, right? Yeah. Okay. Awareness yes. and then emotional management, right? And then getting to the problem-solving part of this, right? Okay. <laughs> if, yeah, if the problem solving is appropriate, I think there's going to be some things that you're going to be stressed about that don't need to be solved. It's just life kind of takes you through its twists and turns, right? There we go. So are there any, any rituals or routines, anything that comes up in the day-to-day -day life or any, any sort of way that you can structure your week maybe that will help you uh, kind of stress-proof yourself or at least maybe not stress-proof, but... Uh, help you have a good buffer so you can manage stress more easily during the week? Anything you guys do? Joanna, why don't you start? You, I don't think you've started yet. <laughs> like, been the first one to answer. Yeah. Cookie dough, Joe. Cookie dough. Cookie dough, Joe. Uh, well, I do love cookie dough. Um, yeah, I guess for me, it would be having some time where I'm just alone at home. Uh, is a big, I guess I think of balance when it comes to uh, uh, routines or a ritual that might help me kind of manage uh, stress or keep it at bay would be just time to rejuvenate. I kind of recharge that way. You could think of, you know, ourselves having batteries and there's certain things that deplete our batteries and certain things that recharge them. So I just make sure I'm adding in things in my week uh, or the odd little thing in my day to day that helps me recharge because I feel like that kind of combats stress uh, getting to me more um, so alone time at home to kind of just recharge or if I'm able to have some movement in my day that's a big thing for me so that usually starts in the morning with some kind of workout 
but I'm fortunate to be able to work that in. You know, some people, um, it, it, you know, time is not on their side, but I guess it's what you make of it. But yeah, those would be my few things. Nice. I will start off with a with a shout out to episode one. If you haven't listened, you may want to listen to that one because that gives the basics of mental health, which are sleep, nutrition, and exercise, right? And that's any way that you can can uh, can improve any of those areas will be uh, beneficial for stress management, right? Because this gives you more resources, more to more to draw from. Um, when you're depleted in any of those areas, I think you're more uh, susceptible to feeling stressed out and uh, so that's, those are the kind of the, the basic building blocks. I would say for me, um, I need to have kind of a, a consistent social contact, like hanging out with my Canadian friends once a week and uh, hanging out with other friends, you know, keeping in touch with friends and family, uh, keeping text chains and emails and all that kind of stuff going. I, I like to feel connected. If I feel disconnected, I think that's more stressful for me. So I'm kind of a social person and I'd like to have that as part of my life. And, uh, and again, back to the, the physical stuff. I notice after a few days, if I haven't been physically active and uh, I think I'm more susceptible to stress if I haven't been. I think for me, uh, two things that pop into my mind besides what's already been kind of mentioned is um, I need to step away from things a bit. Maybe go get some fresh air, go for a walk. But I like to create a list, a to-do list of things uh, that I need to accomplish. So. When I feel stressed, my mind races and then I lose track of all the things I need to accomplish. So when I get it down, I have this black book or a, a book that I and I write things down the old fashioned way. And when I accomplish things, I scratch it off. And it actually gives a lot of satisfaction to do so. So when I see all the things I need to accomplish, that helps de-escalate or calm down the stress a bit. And then when I get a bit of momentum, I even achieve one or two things on there. And sometimes I put really easy things on there, things I'm gonna do regardless just to get that momentum. Um, that, that really helps shift that stress or uh, shift it towards something more productive. I freaking love structuring routine so much. So I am like creature of habit. I like to have my bedtime and my wake up time and my what time I eat my meals and maybe structure and routine or maybe controlling. I don't know. We can discuss that on a different podcast you know but I like that so I, I like to maintain that and I know if that gets like extremely thrown off then I, I will be thrown off um so that's one safeguard definitely like sleep eating exercise so self-care stuff um and then for me it's really important to engage in hobbies and interests outside of work so trying to leave like having good boundaries around when I'm at work and when I am not at work having those like hours. So I'm not going to return client emails on the weekends because that is not going to help me manage my stress. I'm going to get back into work mode. So instead, I'm going to make sure when I'm done work, I am now engaging in personal life. I'm going to call my parents or I'm going to do the things that I enjoy at home. I'm going to do something artistic and whatever it might be, just hobbies and interests. Um, trying new things, hiking, getting in nature, trying to do those things as much as possible and trying to gear away from the work stuff. So that's kind of what I do. I like it. I like it. So you're a, a creature of habit, Brooke. You like your routines, but as, as you know, 
with COVID, the routines are oftentimes thrown out the window, especially in big ways when people are losing jobs or you know the kids are at home and they're having to, to teach them from home. So many major, you know, the regular social outlets I was talking about, you know, can't really go hang out with people at the restaurant or the bar or something like that. So, um, so how do you how do you think we can manage these kind of stress management routines without having a routine? You know, when they've been taken away, what can people do to tr sort of uh, to cope with the fact that uh, their regular coping mechanisms aren't available any longer? I'll just quickly interject, Ryan, quickly. Uh, I just, the reason I kind of added that one on the end is because I think probably most of us have worked with um, clients. Well, everyone's been impacted by COVID, right? Yes. Um, and so that, you know, there's multiple clients I've talked to who their usual go-to ways of de-stressing are not possible anymore. Um, whether that yoga studio is not open or they're not able to see their friends as much because their friends are all at risk or, um, it's just a lot of their outlets are now reduced and they're at home. They ruminate the, the usual day-to-day -day stresses. They now don't have that escape from or they're maybe their coping skills just are not up to par because they don't have enough of a balance. Um, or, you know, someone else in my life who, you know, they lost their job and they for temporarily and then they were at home most of the time with, you know, their daughter and had to be the main caregiver there. And so they were then unable to have time for themselves to go out and do things. So how, can, or what can we recommend to people who are kind of out of sorts in terms of the routine? Are, are there little things they can do or things they can bring into their day that are um, possible? I don't know. I think it's a really good question, like the one that you're asking. Um, and, and I like it because there's, there's so much opportunity out there to try new things. Like, sure, maybe they're used to going to the gym, but now they're going to go for walks around their neighborhood. Um, or maybe now's the time to try mindfulness or meditation practice, or maybe now's the time to try art or reading or journaling. Like there's other things to start expanding the toolbox. I think the tricky part for people is that um, because they're already under stress, it's harder to learn a new thing. And the new thing isn't going to be as effective because you haven't practiced it long enough. So it's not going to be as fulfilling or it might not feel as effective right away because it's newer. Mm -hmm. Over time, there's going to be a development. Like it's just, it kind of goes to the like uh, really fostering curiosity or uh, love of learning, right? Like if you can then become curious about other opportunities or chances right now, you might find new coping strategies that you haven't really found before. It's just being patient with them until they actually take, like, grab on, right? I like that. Kind of like shifting your perspective a bit and saying, you know, because of COVID, my life drastically shifted and allowed me to actually explore, you know, whatever that creative outlet might be. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, from my perspective too, I think it's already been mentioned as well as connection, right? Um, right now we're connecting through Zoom and Zoom has become normalized. Um, I don't know how many people actually relied on, on video chat prior to COVID. Some people did, but uh, but trying to think out of the box when it comes to connection, because you got to remember that when you feel stressed, uh, certain stress hormones flood your body, like cortisol, and uh, the arch nemesis of cortisol is oxytocin. That's what's released when you connect with someone you care about, someone that cares about you. So, it really, really trying to think out of the box in terms of how you can get that connecting time. 
I like that. Brooke, I really like this idea of, of I mean, here you are, there's the, the woman who's the creature of habit saying, you know, maybe this time is the time to look outside of what your regular routines have been and to try to adopt something else because you're right. I mean, instead of saying, oh, I can't, I can't get to the gym. So I'm just going to, you know, feel really upset about not going to the gym or try to find some substitute that doesn't measure up. Well, maybe I can try mindfulness instead. Maybe I can try, you know, some of these other things that people talk about that I've never really tried before. I have met more of my neighbors, maybe not even formally yet, but said hello to them or have seen them because more people are walking around the neighborhood. Oh, so true. Being able to walk my dogs and say hi, or knowing, uh, you know, this couple walks by my house every day at this time, and I don't know their names yet, but we always say hello and exchange pleasantries. And I, I never saw them before COVID. I had no idea that these people lived in my neighborhood. So that might be eventually a budding relationship, right? I might join them for a walk one day when it's safe. Um, hmm. So I think there's just so many silver linings that we haven't quite seen yet or honored yet. Yeah, opportunities. Mm -hmm. so, so try not to measure uh, a successful day based on pre-COVID life. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Very good point. Change those measurements a bit. Change your schema. Yes. Uh, and it just, and you're normalizing it, right? Because you have to be kind to yourself and show extra self-compassion, especially because it's stressful times and um, you're going to be maybe dealing uh, with a lot more stress or just a bit more vulnerable to that. And I think expecting that for yourself and being kind to yourself, maybe not expecting so much. Um, and like you said, Chris, comparing life before to now, because um, that could add to stress in a different way, right? Um, Back to that acceptance. <laughs> I'll also speak to another piece of this, which is which is like the the homeschooling your kids or, or you know being a part of that, because that's not that's not trading in some one thing for another, one coping mechanism for another. That's an, just an additional stressor straight out, right? Yeah. Not something I you're working from home. And working from home. You're working from home, and then. Oh my goodness! My heart goes out to you. Yeah, if listeners didn't hear Brooke right there, she said, yeah, if you have to work from home and are homeschooling children at the same time. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's hard. I mean, but honestly, my heart goes out even more to the people who have to homeschool kids at home, but can't stay at home because they have a job outside the home that they can't get away from. Oh, for sure. And that's a large portion of society right now. And they are wondering what in the world are we going to do? And that's even more... Yeah. My friends and I, uh, I don't have any children of my own, but I, uh, many of my friends do have children. Um, so we started a book club. <laughs> Granted, we only meet once a month, but there's, you know, the majority of them are moms and they work from home and they have to homeschool their kids. And granted, it's not an everyday or an every week thing, but they have a space once a month to come and we talk about whatever for an hour and a half. And then we talk about the book for about 45 minutes and then we pick a new book. And, and nobody has their husbands or their kids or whatever, and it's just a safe place to be nice. them. And um, I know that doesn't fix anything, but at least it gives a, a point of connection. And it gives a point of discussion that wasn't COVID. Yeah. So there wasn't, you know, there is 45 minutes or an hour where we're talking about something that isn't, we're talking about a book. We're not talking about COVID. That's true. Um, and I think too, if, you know, um, if you have to shift kind of what you were doing to de-stress, you can now utilize like 
five minutes here and five minutes there and really kind of change, be purposeful with any time you have to yourself, right? Especially if you're a parent that, and Ryan, you could speak to this most in terms of your experience of how you had to work from home and, and kind of take care of your boys, but uh, you really got to be creative and it could just be a moment, a little moment here or there uh, to really find some rejuvenation. Yes. And I think that's true. I think creativity is a big part of this, but honestly, I think one of the biggest, the biggest muscles to be building during this time is grace. Uh, you know, kind of a self compassion and forgiveness because we all, a lot of us put a lot of pressure on ourselves to, to do this perfectly, to be, um, you know, to, to hit it out of the park. And, and if we don't, then we're failing and all of that. But I think, I think the thing that gives me a little bit of relief during this homeschooling time and a lot of other challenging times right now is just to know, you know, this is, this is bizarre. No one trained for this. We're, we're, and we're all in this together. And I think there are going to be a lot of people dropping the ball or, you know, temporarily or one day at a time trying to figure out how do we get this thing? Um, how do we get through this year? And, you know, perfection is not really the goal. I think it's more, you know, survival and staying intact and kind of trying to keep ourselves together and keep our family together is really the best we can do. Well, maybe, you know, taking your dropping the ball metaphor, if this was a game, we're making up the rules as we go along and maybe dropping the ball was part of the rules. Ah. Maybe it's part of the framework, maybe it's part of the game because there isn't a preset game to this. We're making it up as we go along. And dropping the ball might be a completely normal, natural part of this game. That is a great point. That's right. Maybe we've gone from baseball to soccer all of a sudden. And now we don't, we're not supposed to catch the ball. We're supposed to let it drop on the ground and, and kick it. Maybe it's rugby. Maybe, who knows? Maybe it's pickleball. Maybe it's a combination of all those things. Or yeah, it's a game where everyone actually drops the ball and they all have to pick it back up you know like it, you're not alone in it this isn't keep the balloon in the air <laughs> i like this this is really good guys what is our what is our call to action what can we what can we ask people to do regarding stress we've talked about so many different topics regarding stress tonight um how do we manage it uh what does it look like what kind of routines do we have to help kind of manage it and, and uh protect us against it what what can we ask our listeners to do this week? What's something practical we can ask them to do uh, regarding their stress? I'm going to go back to awareness. Um, so my call to action or my suggestion would be to ask yourself at least once a day, but preferably more than that, like set a timer for maybe three times a day or four. And when the timer goes off to say, how am I doing right now? How am I feeling? What am I noticing? Um, am I holding tension in my body? Is my heart racing? How's my temperature? Am I clenching my jaw? Am I laughing? Am I irritable? What, what's my emotional temperature in this moment? So trying to start to build that awareness. Yeah. I think for me, I'm, Ryan, you foreshadowed mine. That is to do some writing. So Jamie Pendebaker, University of Texas, been researching this for like 27 years or something like that. And he said, uh, 20 minutes for four days in a row. Start off with whatever is bugging you the most in the moment and just let it flow. Don't worry about spelling or punctuation or sentence structure. Uh, no one's going to grade it. Um, once the 20 minutes is up, you can read over if you want to. Uh, but it's often liberating just to rip it up or delete it if you're typing it or burn it. But just don't burn your house down. So 20 minutes, four days in a row. 
an, an amazing way to uh, to de-escalate or to help with stress. Uh, you actually learned that from Adler. <laughs> <laughs> no surprise. Man. I'm, I'm going to recommend people listen to Kelly McGonigal's or watch Kelly McGonigal's TED Talk, How to Make Stress Your Friend. Um, Very long time. 20 minutes that uh, you won't you won't forget. I think it's uh, educational and enlightening and entertaining. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to include it. We can include it in the links at the description of this podcast. So I'm going to put that there. And I guess I'll round up here and uh, encourage you to laugh. I think laughter is a great de-stressor. Um, and it's uh, so if there's happens to be a quick video you can find or of a comedian you like or just a clip on YouTube or something that kind of tickles that funny bone, just take a moment out of your day and, and um, yeah, have some laughter. You'll, it'll bring a smile to your face and it'll uh, make you feel great. The best thing, too, is when Joanna laughs, everybody laughs. Oh, is that true? The greatest laugh. Like, like the genuine... Yeah, guttural. Guttural laugh. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I suppose okay. you can't really force it right now, right? No. You, you probably wouldn't even hear it, because I'm more just... My face kind of implodes, <laughs> and I turn really red. Air comes out, and tears. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, so. it's a sight to see. So, unfortunately, for our listeners, uh, not today. So. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you like what you hear, please tell someone else about it. We want to build up this little community. Why not? You know. Uh, otherwise, take a look at uh, our boot camp at www.mentalhealthbootcamp.com. Email us at info at mentalhealthbootcamp.com. Uh, look us up on Instagram or Facebook. And that's a wrap for the night, everybody. Have a stress-free week and laugh like Joanna. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.